It's Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you. Wonderful to be in your company this afternoon. A beautiful Wednesday here in Johannesburg. And of course, it is the Wednesday before the Shabbos Project. And the Shabbos Project coming up on this weekend invites everybody to participate, to keep Shabbat to try your utmost to be involved and to make sure that Shabbat becomes not only something that is part of your agenda for this Shabbos, but hopefully for every Shabbos thereafter, that it becomes something that is ingrained, that is integrated into your lifestyle, and that becomes part and parcel of everything that you do week in and week out. You will see that it will change your life. But is that really what Shabbos is all about? Is it all about us. Is it really about focusing on um, ourselves and making sure that our lives are enriched by keeping Shabbos, that our lives are changed by keeping Shabbos, that we feel that it has an effect on our family relationships, on our uh, loved ones, on the fact that we can spend time around the Shabbos table um, chatting, that we can uh, move away from all the devices that seem to take us away from um, proper interaction with our children, with our spouses, with our parents, with everybody around us, with our friends, with our families. Is it all about us or is it rather about Shabbos? And you might say, well, what are we really talking about? Well, I think that if we kind of start looking a little bit between the lines, we will realize that truly nowhere in the laws of Shabbos or in the scriptures that tell us to keep Shabbos does it say that this is something that is about the one who keeps it, that it's about you, that it enriches your life, that it will make you a more pleasant person, that it's going to make you kinder, nicer, sweeter, more compassionate, that it's going to give you better relationships. That, in fact, has to be said, is um, all the byproduct of this and probably of any other mitzvah in the Torah. So what is it about this mitzvah? Is it not, rather, the focus on... The fact that, number one, we keep Shabbos because this is Hashem's law, because Hashem told us that keeping Shabbos is something that we have to, that we need to do. And it's not only about the observer of Shabbos, but it's certainly about Shabbos itself, and probably, most importantly, about the world, about everything else that's around us, about all the other People, all the other creatures, all the other things, all the other facets of this whole wide, beautiful, wonderful world that the observance of Shabbos does something for all of them, for all of those things, for the entire universe. The idea of an individual keeping Shabbos is not about the individual. The idea of the individual keeping Shabbos is about Shabbos. It's about the way and the means to keep that Shabbat and realize that we're doing this for a higher purpose, that we're doing this for a higher reason. We're doing this perhaps even for reasons that may be beyond our comprehension because a Jew might keep a Shabbos and he say, you know what, I found it a little bit painful. It was uh, difficult. It was um, off-putting. It was off-cutting. It cut me off from everything else. I felt completely um, alone. I felt so isolated. I didn't feel that I was really 
um, um, integrated into this whole thing. And um, in fact, you know, it's kind of in inverted commas, not for me. And God forbid that that should be the result of us trying to keep a certain mitzvah. Because the idea of a mitzvah is, yes, many mitzvot are expensive. And many mitzvot, many mitzvahs are quite difficult. And some of them are quite taxing on us. Is not the object of the keeping of a mitzvah, the mitzvah itself, and then the fact that this mitzvah we know from the Almighty, we know from God, we know from the Torah, that this is going to do something to help our world. That this is something that is needed for the growth of um, of, of, of plant life, for the fact that rain should fall in its right season. There are all sorts of things that we um, can think about and that we're told about and that we observe in the way that Hashem gives us promises and pledges and commitments and undertakings when it comes to the performance of mitzvot. And very, very few of them have got to do with the one who is doing it with the, in inverted commas, the observer of Shabbos. It is rather about Shabbos itself. It's rather about the mitzvah itself and about what it can do for the world, what it can do for the whole universe. And so therefore, today, I thought that perhaps just to have that as a bit of an introduction, and since this is Judaism 101.9, let's talk about some of the things that perhaps are not always touched upon when it comes to Shabbos observance, and some of them seem to be a little bit um, maybe hair-splitting, a little bit... Um, uh, let's what what would we call them? They're nitpicking. They're very very minuscule and seemingly insignificant parts of the observance of any mitzvah, and particularly when it comes to Shabbos. But perhaps if we just have a slight attitudinal change towards it, and we understand that the idea of keeping Shabbos is about Shabbos itself, and the idea of keeping Shabbos is about the impact that it can have on everything and everybody else, that may just shift a little bit in our minds when it comes to the observance, the keeping of some of these integral little laws that otherwise possibly won't make that much sense. So let's think about this coming Friday. It's building up to Shabbat. And by the way, this would be the same for every Friday. It's just that we are focusing on Shabbos because of the Shabbos project. So on Friday, we need to start preparing for Shabbos. Now, that's pretty obvious because you know that you're not allowed to shop and you're not allowed to cook and you're not allowed to do all of those things on Shabbos. So on Friday, we need to start preparing. But we are told clearly that the preparations for Shabbos should be similar to those that we would make when we were expecting an important guest. There is something about the advent of Shabbos that um, needs to have an atmosphere that is created in the home that Shabbos is coming, an important guest is coming. We're about to welcome a queen. We're about to welcome royalty into our home. We need to make sure that everything is spick and span, that everything is clean, that everything is neat and tidy, that the entire home has this atmosphere of expecting the special guest. And the special guest, of course, is Shabbos and all the adornments that come with it. We should actually spend a little time on Erev Shabbos, we're told, um, doing a little bit of repentance, improving our deeds and making sure that we are ourselves 
in a state of purity and that we're ourselves in a state that's free from sin. We are about to welcome the Queen. We wouldn't want there to be blemishes on our clothes. We wouldn't want to appear before the Queen without being um, correctly dressed. We wouldn't want to appear before royalty without really going um, going to the, the ends of the earth to make sure that we are fitting to be presented to the royalty that Shabbos is. Now, we need to bear in mind that part of the mitzvah of Shabbos is actually honoring Shabbos. As the prophet Yeshayahu, as the prophet Isaiah tells us, and you shall call Shabbos a delight and show honor to the day made holy by God. Now, this requirement to honor Shabbos applies to everyone. And that means that even if your family and your servants um, or anybody else that you may have around could do all the necessary preparations for Shabbos, one should prepare at least one thing for Shabbos yourself. Um, people should be involved in the preparation of Shabbos. And our holy books are replete with ideas of great, great sages who took time off to go and buy a fish for Shabbos, to go and get some special uh, condiment for Shabbos, whatever it is, whether it's from a foodstuff's point of view, whether it's the wine, whether it's preparing the candles and so on. It is not just the job of the woman of the house and not just the job of the uh, people that you have working for you preparing Shabbos. You yourself need to be involved. And this is part of the energy of the pre-Shabbos preparations getting us into the mindset of the fact that this mitzvah is a great mitzvah in and of itself. It's not all about us. It's about Shabbos. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. The observance of Shabbos is the build-up to Shabbos and the fact that you create an atmosphere of enthusiasm, of excitement in the home that Shabbos is coming, that everybody is busy, that people are involved in getting ready for Shabbos. This is part of the halachic preparations and the customary preparations for Shabbos, making sure that we are sending the message that Shabbos is important, that we're about to welcome an honored guest, that instead of it being a, uh, God forbid, a pain in the neck, that rather this is something that is very, very special for us, for our family, for the Jewish people, and for the entire world. Now, it is, we're told that it is um, not only a mitzvah to celebrate Shabbos, but it's a mitzvah to purchase one Shabbos needs early on Friday. It is very important that we make sure that we are well prepared and that once again we're sending the message of that enthusiasm. It shouldn't be last-minute purchases, really, as a matter of course for Shabbos. We should get in early. Um, and uh, we actually derive this law from the Torah's instruction to the Jewish people to collect the manna that fell in the desert for the Jewish people. That the manna fell, of course, we know they collected a double portion uh, for Friday and for Shabbos, but it fell early in the morning, and there was something significant about it falling in the morning. The fact that it fell in the morning, that the manna was there waiting for them early, was a sign that Hashem really wanted to give it to them, that it was something that was given by God with enthusiasm, that God wanted to make sure that it was in broad daylight, that it was given in answer to their request for food, for bread, and that it was given with love, that it was given with care. In fact, the manna came to them. It was door-to-door delivery. It was wrapped. It had the layers of dew underneath and on top of it. 
And therefore, it was beautifully presented to them in broad daylight, early in the morning, so that they knew that they could get ready for Shabbos and be ready in time, showing the right respect and the right honor to the coming beautiful day of Shabbos. We have to know also that our sages tell us that on Rosh Hashanah, Hashem determines a person's sustenance for the entire year. And this is all with the exception of two areas. There are two parts of our income or of our expenditure of our balance sheet that are not actually um, uh, meted out on the Rosh Hashanah. And these are the expenses that one incurs in honoring Shabbos and Yom Tif, as well as our children's Torah education, our children's Torah studies. We're told that in these specific areas, if one increases your expenditure, you all, you will definitely be fully compensated. So therefore, a person can freely purchase anything, delicacies, special food items, whatever you wish for Shabbos, without having to worry that you are going to be diminishing, actually, from the income that was allotted to you, and that, in fact, you've spent too much on Shabbos, and therefore you're not going to have anything left over for the balance of the year, God forbid, or for the days of the week, and so on. Shabbos is kind of isolated from it all, because this was a special mitzvah that Hashem gave us, and therefore we're entitled to um, know that Hashem will make sure, that God makes sure that we are compensated um, for anything that we ex- expend when it comes to Shabbos Yom Tov, and of course our children's Torah education. We need to make sure that we have prepared our food correctly and in time for Shabbos, and we have to make sure that we prepare tasty meals for Shabbos. Shabbos shouldn't be a time when we're eating a regular Tuesday night supper. It shouldn't be a, a regular uh, Monday morning breakfast. The whole thing of Shabbos is that tasty food should be prepared. And in fact, we're told that it's a part of the mitzvah preparation of the food that you actually should taste the food when preparing or after preparing or just before Shabbos to make sure that the food is appetizing, that it's delicious. Um, there is, of course, and everybody will agree, a wonderful... Um, a wonderful fragrance when you walk into a home that is preparing for Shabbos. You have that beautiful, enticing fragrance of the food cooking, of the challah, and so on. It is a wonderful and beautiful experience, and this is something that we should enhance, actually, by tasting little pieces of the food even before Shabbat to make sure that they really taste as beautiful as they smell. Now, everyone should have meat. You should have wine, and you should have other good foods for Shabbos meals. It's also desirable that one should have fish at each of the three Shabbos meals. That is Friday night, Shabbat uh, midday meal, and then the Shabbat late afternoon meal. Um, but this, of course, is only if one eats fish, if you, if you don't find fish to be distasteful and so on, because anything that you would have to eat on Shabbos that you would find distasteful is uh, going to disturb the Shabbos for you, and that, of course, is not part of the program. But it is best if you can serve a Shabbos meal that has fish and meat, um, of course, not on the same plate, because that we're not allowed to do, but following each other. Um, in the meal in order to show the fact that it's not just any um, other evening or any other day of the week where one would eat one perhaps or the other. Here we have both showing the beautiful um, royalty and the grandeur and the wondrousness of Shabbos itself. 
It's preferable, if people can, if women can, to bake challahs for Shabbos. Now, this doesn't only have to be, of course, at a public challah bake, but it is a wonderful thing if it's possible to make your own challahs. And, of course, making challahs, making your own um, bread for Shabbat is regarded as a big Mitzvah and a big way of um, glorifying the advent of Shabbos. And, of course, there is the mitzvah of the separation of challah. And so I'd suggest that you get yourself a good cookbook if you don't have one um, and see the rules and regulations of making challah. It is a fairly lengthy uh, process, but um, well worth the um, effort. And you have the opportunity to do the mitzvah of separating challah which, of course, doesn't only have to be done, as I said, in a public way um, when it's done with others. You can certainly try this and do this at home. Your home should be cleaned and put in order in honor of Shabbos once again, making sure that things are put away. You don't want Shabbos to come and everything is lying around. Of course, have in mind this idea of the Shabbos queen, of the royalty that is about to enter your home. It should be beautiful. The table should be covered with a tablecloth, and it should be properly set. It should not be um, just with things thrown on it or just that everybody brings their own to the table. You should set the table. It's fitting, actually. Um, we're told that all the tables in the house should be covered, and they should remain covered throughout Shabbos, even until Havdalah. It's also a good idea, by the way, to cover over the things that are muktza on Shabbos. For instance, a cloth over the telephone. That's if people still have um, house phones. But if not, any of the other appliances should be put away, perhaps a cloth over the television, over a computer, and so on, so that these things... Don't bring the atmosphere of a weekday into your Shabbos home atmosphere. Um, you can make them look nice. It doesn't have to look um, as though <coughs> um, everything is ready for a painting um, and that maybe they painted the ceiling and forgot to take the covers off everything. But it's a good idea to make sure that those things are not that visible and the temptation is not there to touch them, to switch them on, uh, to play with them, um, um, and uh, to actually be distracted from Shabbos. Some people have the custom of laying two Two tablecloths on the table so that the table will not be exposed if the top tablecloth is removed to shake off the crumbs. Um, an interesting little take on that. Um, but um, most people would have a tablecloth um, and um, then you obviously have a cover over the challah, over the bread as well. And this, again, mimics the ideas we mentioned before of the manna being covered underneath and on top by the two layers of dew when it was presented to us in the desert. We should set the Shabbos table by day before we've actually lit Shabbos candles so that everything is ready and when people come home then from shul, everything is ready and set and the table is rearing to go. It is all ready for us. We should also dress appropriately for Shabbos. Um, while people have taken to dressing down on certain occasions and it's regarded as being um, okay and quite smart to wear clothing that um, one years ago would only have worn for a sports game or a Sunday afternoon braai. Um, clothes that are needed for Shabbos should be laundered and they should be ready so that there is enough time to put them on and get ready for Shabbos. And um, the prophet Yeshayahu tells us you shall honor it and not conduct your regular, uh, your regular affairs on it. And on the words honor it, our sages comment that your clothing on Shabbos should not be like your clothing on a weekday. 
Now, it is quite strange that uh, some people take this um, literally, but um, not necessarily in the right vein. And that is that because I, for instance, may wear a suit and tie for work, therefore, in order to make it that it's not like the weekday, I'll put on jeans and a T-shirt for Shabbos. I'm not sure if that is the idea behind it. We're supposed to dress up for Shabbos. We should try to wear nicer clothes on Shabbos. And if possible, we should even... As males, we should try, if possible, to even have a special Shabbos talus, which a lot of people do as a matter of course, but it is actually regarded as something that is important for the honoring of Shabbos. We should wash ourselves with hot water on Friday in honor of Shabbos, of course. Um, This is at all times that one is able to. And um, if you're unable to wash your entire body, for whatever reason, you should at least wash your face, your hands, and your feet with warm water. And many have the custom, of course, to immerse themselves in a mikveh in honor of Shabbos, to go to a ritual bath, um, to spiritually cleanse oneself, as well as the physical cleansing, to make sure that you are really in a pristine spiritual condition. And um, there are many who would take a haircut on Erev Shabbos. Now, this is not always possible to do every week, but if you're in need of a haircut, a good time to do it is in honor of Shabbos, once again, showing just how we honor Shabbos. There are certain laws that re, that pertain to the honoring of Shabbos on the um, advent of Shabbos in the Friday afternoon, for instance, that uh, one may not be aware of, and this regards eating on a Friday. We shall honor for Shabbos by not eating a large meal on Friday afternoon so that we'll have an appetite for Shabbos the, for the Friday night meal at home. We should not sit down to a big meal on Friday afternoon. And the following are a few of the details relating to the laws of eating on Friday. Number one, we shouldn't eat the kind of festive meal on a Friday that one is not want to eat during the week. In other words, a f- something like a friend's uh, reunion, a birthday party, a seum celebration for the completion of a tractate and so on. Those things should not be done on a Friday afternoon because Partaking in them on Friday afternoon is going to mean that your Shabbos Friday night meal is going to be tarnished. It's going to be damaged. You're not going to be that enthusiastic by the time people get home. They say they don't feel like eating anymore. They'd rather just go to bed. And that's not regarded as honor for Shabbos. However, a meal celebrating a mitzvah, for instance, one that falls on a Friday, which may be such as a bris, um, a pidyon aben, and so on, we should try to do earlier in the morning, um, certainly before midday, in order that it as well does not impact on um, the Shabbos. A normal meal may be eaten on Friday, but it's a mitzvah to avoid eating such a meal during the last quarter of the day. So certainly not to do it later on, but having a snack um, and so on is certainly permitted throughout Friday. On a Friday afternoon, <coughs> we should try not to perform any substantial labor, any work that you get involved in, that you're going to be involved in, um, um, in a regular way and that, uh, that might keep you away from getting uh, home in time and getting prepared for Shabbos. Um, however, um, if it's something casual, if it's something that you just need to do in honor of Shabbos or something that just needs to be done before you leave the office, that certainly may be done. And by the same token, we should be careful not to undertake long Distance journeys on Erev Shabbos, traveling um, to a distant location on Erev Shabbos on Friday 
and especially later on in the afternoon, is regarded as not respectful for Shabbos because there is, unfortunately, every chance that you may get caught in traffic, you may have a puncture, something may happen that will um, mean that there will be a chil Shabbos, there will be a breaking of Shabbos inadvertently, um, unintentionally, of course, um, but just because you uh, left a little bit too late. Be back with you right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. One of the things that we need to make sure that we prepare on a Friday for a Shabbos, of course, is lights, electricity in the house and so on. Um, we try and use electricity in the house on Shabbos, but of course, everything needs to be switched on and then not switched off on uh, on Shabbos, got to be switched on before Shabbos, not switched off on Shabbos, but left on all the time. So either certain lights need to be left on for the full 25 hours uh, odd of Shabbos, or if one has the luxury of timers, of time switches and so on, those need to be set before and the necessary lights put on and so on. It is also um, uh, something that one may not think about if you're not used to keeping Shabbos, but there is a light that comes on inside your fridge that um, is um, automate, uh, automatically comes on um, when you open the door. So, in fact, you are switching on the light, which is really an unnecessary um, uh, item that you shouldn't be doing on Jabbers, and therefore one should try, if possible, to enable, disenable that switch or disenable the bulb, uh, the light bulb, the globe inside the fridge, perhaps could be unscrewed for uh, Shabbos itself. And yes, you'll be looking around in the fridge in the dark kind of thing, but of course, if you have a light on elsewhere in the kitchen, that would be great. There are certain things that fall into a category that we call muktza. Muktza things, objects that may not be moved on Shabbos, and these should be put away before Shabbos. We mentioned some of them before, but of course, anything like money, writing utensils, pens, and so on, any other articles, such as uh, cell phones, such as uh, um, uh, electronic games, um, anything like that. All of those things should be put away, and they shouldn't be left in places where they could be inadvertently or mistakenly found on Shabbos. So it's a good idea if your kids walk around with these things in their pockets to make sure that the pockets are emptied before Shabbos, or make sure that your wallet is removed from your jacket pocket before Shabbos, or if they're on uh, tables or on chairs or uh, and on your uh, on your dining room table or on a uh, on a mantelpiece on a shelf and so on, they should be out of sight and out of reach so that they are not mistakenly utilized on Shabbos and thereby um, come to infringe upon the glory of Shabbos, the covet, the honor of um, Shabbos. Um, an interesting one is that if a man has his talus and tefillin in the same bag, um, on uh, a weekday and you don't have a separate talus for Shabbos, you should make sure that your talus is removed actually from the bag uh, beforehand because actually handling the tefillin on Shabbos is something that is called mukta. We're not allowed to uh, move them, we shouldn't be touching them because they only pertain to weekdays, there is no usage for them on Shabbos and therefore preferably remove the talus from the uh, talus and tefillin bag before Shabbos and make sure that it is ready um, for you then, we should check our pockets make sure that they're emptied and so on um, before Shabbat and then we build up to the idea of 
candlelighting, the mitzvah of candlelighting. Now we know that the mitzvah of lighting candles seems to be entirely incumbent upon the women. However, clearly we're told that men need to be involved in it as well. First of all, the Shabbos candles are being lit on behalf of the entire household. So if your wife is lighting candles or your daughter or your mother, you need to ensure that there is some participation that you have in the process, not only does it actually bring in Shabbos for you and your household? But in fact, if there is some way that you can help, and it's a, an old tradition, that men would prepare the Shabbos candles on the uh, table. In other words, put them into the candle holders. Some really um, go a little bit further than that, and they singe the ends of the candles to light the candles so that when the women of the house come to light those Shabbat candles, that they light easily, that it's not a battle to get them lit. And in that way, you have participated in the preparation of the Shabbos candles and the beauty of bringing light into the world, which women do on behalf of all of us on um, Shabbat, on Erev Shabbat. And it's something that is of paramount importance. It's not something to be glossed over, to be neglected, not to be done, to be think that um, it's a little too late and I couldn't do it. Let's make sure that our candle lighting is in time and that it's proper and appropriate and that we participate in it correctly. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. There is a verse in the book of Mishlei, Proverbs, that says, A mitzvah is a candle and Torah is light. Now, we're told in the Talmud, in the Gemara of Shabbos, it says that in the merit of the lighting of Shabbos candles, parents will be blessed with children who will be Torah scholars, linking the mitzvah of candlelighting to Torah. And it's derived from this verse through the, the mitzvah performed with candles that one merits the light of Torah. And so many, many women have the tradition of praying at the time of candle lighting that their children should be Torah observant, that their children should be Torah scholars, and that they should follow in the path of Torah, and that they should be given divine assistance in all their endeavors. And these are very, very special moments for women when they stand and they light the candles on behalf of the whole Jewish people. It is not just about bringing peace to themselves. It's not just about their own children. It's about bringing the light of Kedusha, of holiness into the whole world. It is something that is significant, and perhaps as we began, let's turn it outwards. Let's remember that this entire experience of Shabbos is not about you and it's not about me. It is not about us um, making our lives better, but rather it is about a real key to how we can improve the entire world, how we can uplift the whole world, how we can change everything. It is a mitzvah that Hashem has given us. And let Shabbos be the reason why we keep Shabbos. Look forward to sharing the Shabbos ahead together with you. And we look forward to sharing many other Shabbases together with each and every one of you. And hopefully you'll enjoy Shabbos as much as Shabbos will enjoy having you participate in it. And hopefully we'll be able to ultimately bring to the world the time when the whole world will be in one long, beautiful Shabbos, when Mashiach will come, when Shabbos will be something that is down here on earth as a matter of course, something that will be um, every day the same glory of holiness, the same light of Torah, the same beauty and grandeur that Shabbos brings. Hopefully it will be something that we'll be able to bask in 
every single day in the future. I wish you a great Shabbos. I look forward to being back with you again. Same time, same place next week on Judaism 101.9.